This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants, me. Welcome everybody to the WWE Podcast, and we have Anthony DeMarco back with us, and we're going to talk about the current state of WWE and... I really don't know where else to begin other than saying welcome to the show and are you ready to talk about Vince and Triple H and everything else going on? Dude, I am so ready for it. It feels like not too long ago that we were having this very discussion when this show was called What If and what would happen if he stepped down as chairman and CEO of the company. And I remember at the end of that show, both of us said the same thing, just like, oh, it was fun to discuss it, but we all know that's not going to happen anytime soon. And lo and behold, less than six months later, here we are, and now we get to discuss actually what happened and the tangible outcome of Vince stepping away. <laughs> it's amazing. And now, I think we were still right that it, we we may not see this for many years if Vince wasn't put in this situation. If the scandal never came out and he was still at least viewed as squeaky clean, then this would still not be a discussion for probably another 15 years when Vince either died or was mentally no longer capable, which I think he was on that road anyway. But to me, this is a force out. This is Vince, the company, the board, allowing Vince to go out with respect and honor by, quote unquote, retiring. When We all know it's related, obviously, to the investment. Investigation and the investigation probably had more, way more underneath the surface than we saw and maybe stuff beyond that that, of course, I'm sure we'll never know. So what did you think when you when you saw this news that Vince put out on Twitter and he said, you know, thank you for, you know, at 77 years old, it's time to retire. We've read his tweet. Did, were you were you sitting there going, is this fake news? Like, what, did it shock you? What was your initial reaction? It shocked me, and the first thing that I looked for was just like, okay, this is a fake account, it's fake news, but then right away I saw the blue check mark beside his name, and I clicked on his profile, saw that it was the actual Vince McMahon account, and I was floored. I really didn't expect it. You know, they put it out there, what, late Friday afternoon, which is, I believe Jim Cornetta talked about, that it's like an age-old trick to try and bury it in a news feed before going into the weekend. And that's the thing about this that made it feel kind of, you know, maybe not like out of left field, but something that they didn't want to be overly public. And, you know, for you always thought that when Vince retired or went out, there would be like this big tribute to him. All the superstars would come out and clap, but it's like he just went away. And the lasting memory we're going to have of Vince is jumping off the steel steps on Monday Night Raw <laughs> in John Cena's return and celebrating his 20 years in the company. And all that tells me is that this was something that wasn't like planned from a long term point of view, but it was probably something to your point that they just kept finding out more stuff, more stuff. And there was more pressure behind the scenes. And at the 11th hour leading into the weekend, they probably said, look, this is something we need to pull the trigger on. And obviously the the reports of Brock Lesnar not being happy about it would suggest that even for the talent, they didn't see it coming. And I mean, look, it it was something that I never thought that I'd live to see the day of. Obviously, given my age, it was doomed to happen one point or another or destined rather to happen at one point or another. But it still doesn't even very feel real that he's gone and that we're 
at least supposedly never going to see him on WWE programming again. So it was uh, it was something crazy. And, you know, I sent that tweet to you via text as soon as I saw it. How did you feel? I saw it and I mean, immediately I, I was shocked, but it wasn't a shock that came as, a, oh, my God, I never, ever saw this coming because Vince a couple of weeks prior had stepped, quote unquote, aside as the CEO and allowed Stephanie to take this to take the helm. And now she's permanent. But I, I was shocked. But that faded very quickly into, well, we know what this is about. And I do wonder if this is something that is truly uh, going to be implemented not just on paper, but Vince truly stepping away. Now he's no, you know, if you look at the financials, he wouldn't be there as CEO. Stephanie should be there as CEO, and she is. I do believe that's all true. But I also immediately thought to myself, well, this is Vince's baby. He's been doing this for since he was out of the womb. Like I mean, he was doing creative the moment that he could probably stick a bottle in his mouth. He was, you know, just working in WWE. So. It's. I don't think that truly Vince McMahon is ever going to step away completely. And and what I mean by that is he is still the majority shareholder of WWE, which means he has a legal right to have an impact or a say in what goes on in WWE because he has the majority share. Now, if he ever gives that up, we don't know, but he's not obligated to. It's just like anybody else when you buy shares in an organization. So I think that he will still have some say. I'm sure that he might still be brought in maybe informally under the radar for certain topics and things that they want advice on. I'm sure he'll still be brought in on that. They'll never, ever admit that publicly, but I have a very hard time believing that Vince is just as of that tweet, immediately just sitting at home, everything's off, no more Twitter, no more social media, no more anything, just sitting on his couch, you know, uh, watching Netflix. I have a very hard time believing that because, Vince, this is his life. And so he may be formally gone from the company, but I just don't think that given he's a majority shareholder and he has a legal right to have a say and the fact that he's in his blood and his DNA, that he's ever really going to be gone when they, they will probably bring him in informally, maybe as kind of like a consultant type role when needed or something along those lines do you do you see that being the case or do you think vince truly just stepped away and ripped the band-aid off no i i think that behind the scenes that in let's say on more of the business side he's going to be you know leaned on for big decisions and you know look again i believe it was uh, i think you had said it on your podcast that like look who's in charge now it's stephanie mcmahon and she's you know a chip off the old block she's been being groomed by her dad for the last 20 25 years or so but I think for me, I'm not sure if he's going to be directly involved in creative. And, you know, as a fan, that's the part that you really focus on more is how is this going to affect the on t- television product? And for me, I'm saying like, well, John Laurinaitis is gone, who was a big Vince McMahon guy. Now there's reports this morning that Kevin Dunn is going to be forced out and he is arguably the biggest Vince McMahon guy there is. You know, everyone had assumed, and I saw a report yesterday, that Bruce Pritchard was going to head up creative. That's no longer a thing. It's going to be Triple H leading creative. So in my mind, I'm seeing a lot of Vince's foxhole guys are being pushed out or being stepped over in terms of power within the company, at least on the creative and the production side of things. Now, obviously, as a majority shareholder, he has a legal right to be involved in the big business decisions. But as far as creative goes and the on-screen product goes, I'm starting to think that maybe this is going to be a major shift because when you see guys like Laurenitis, Pritchard, and Kevin Dunn all get stepped over, it lends itself to believe that, you know, maybe this is a dawn of a new era. And for you, like, 
how big of a decision is it that we're going to see Triple H as head of creative over Bruce Pritchard? I think it's that's a huge deal. We all know that Triple H would with what he did with NXT, bringing it from the whole, uh, you know, what was it? Basically a double dare show of like carrying you know, stupid crap around the ring and doing just basically making NXT at first a complete joke, turning from that into a global brand, creating NXT UK, making a product that was about wrestling again, that people loved. It almost felt NXT when it was originally started to grow and it reached its its uh, peak before NXT 2.0 and Vince got his hands on it, it almost felt like a non-WWE show. It felt like its own counterculture within an organization that you know still owns it. It, it was very weird, but it was attributable to the success in the mind of Triple H and how he, given he was a, a wrestler and he was an executive, he understands both roles. It's a very rare skill to have, and it's a really a testament of Triple H's ability to tell stories and and focus on just wrestling and yeah there's entertainment but i think vince took entertainment too far and i think he puts too much stock in the comedy part of things and you know don't get me wrong vince is a genius but he had his flaws and i think triple h doesn't look at the way wrestling uh, vince that way that vince looked at wrestling and so i think this is going to be a big shift but i don't think it's going to happen immediately see people as fans, we look at this, some people did, and go, oh my god, yes, hell is frozen over, and, and you know, WWE, everything is going to be perfect now, there's going to be great storytelling, and all this stuff, I don't believe that to be the case, even though you have Triple H, say this, these reports are all true, I'll take it at face value, you have Triple H now in charge of uh, creative, and, you know, Bruce Pritchard is going to be underneath him, and you have Kevin Dunn possibly gone, and you have, you know, obviously Stephanie now, the new CEO, I, along with Nick Khan, don't forget that, she's co uh, CEO with Nick Khan, but uh, with all that said, it's like, well, yeah, but those are still the same players in the organization. They're in different roles, but they're not different people. And in order to see massive change, I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I think it's going to take. It's going to be an evolution. You'll start to see small things that maybe Vince wouldn't do that Vin, that Stephanie and Triple H do. It's going to be a small, steady evolution. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Because that's a smart way to implement change. You don't want to just 180 on Raw and you're like, whoa, the cameras are different. The music's different. The way that they do promos, like the, the announcers are different. Like everything from top to bottom is different. I don't think that's a good way to implement change. So I think it's going to be something where you have to take it 6 to 12 months at a time and look back and go, huh, wow, they did change this and this and this. It's a slow burn. That's the way I'm looking at this in terms of change. Yeah, I agree. And one thing that kind of shocked me over the last number of years was that Triple H had been seemingly pushed out of positions of power. Obviously, his health issues had like a lot to do with that. But he seemed like kind of the heir to the throne from a creative standpoint for quite some time. And then over the last four or five years or so, he was kind of pushed off to the side. And now within a matter of days, he's back as head of talent relations and now the head of creative. Do you think that there was any under maybe the radar beef between Vince and Triple H, given everything that's developed over the last week or so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think there was. I think it's because that they they probably differed on a lot of creative decisions. I mean, Triple H, don't forget, was demoted. I mean, he was the COO, COO and then for, for, I think, a couple of years and then got demoted by Vince McMahon. So I think that there was some friction there. I'm sure when he took NXT over and started to realize, wait a minute, what, what's this NXT thing called? Like, what is this? I'm going to turn it into NXT 2.0 and make it better. I mean, I, I think there was some resentment there with Triple H 
having to give over creative control to this to then Vince McMahon at the time and having Vince turn it into his vision of what NXT should be. Um, you know, Triple H was very successful in building it from nothing into a credible brand, a third brand, and then Vince gets his hands on it. I think there was some resentment there. I'm sure with certain creative decisions, they had differed greatly. So, yeah, I'm sure that while they respected one another, oh, there's there's no doubt that they had some friction going on, especially with the whole NXT 2.0 thing and Vince getting, you know, turning it into his own uh, his own vision of what NXT should be. So, yeah, definitely. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot, and I think you've brought it up, like, like how his retirement is now happening at the same time as the, uh, you know, the sexual allegations. And it's no coincidence, right? And then I think about this TV 14 business. Is that a coincidence that it's coming now into discussion all at the same time that Vince is retiring and Triple H is back in power? And I'm sort of think like, did they see this coming down the pike for a few weeks and had been <laughs> discussing, you know, okay, well, when Vince is out and I take over or Stephanie and me take over, I'm speaking as Triple H, of course, we're going to turn it back into TV 14 because I know what it used to be and how to get fans back. Like, do you think there's any correlation between Triple H taking over creative and the talk of TV 14 recently? I'm not a big person that uh, I'm not a person that believes in coincidences generally. Now, coincidences can happen and, you know, you could you could make an argument that, you know, not everything is a conspiracy and all that. But this is very suspicious that after 14 years that during the exact same time period that Vince is being is under investigation, Stephanie mysteriously takes time off two months before it goes it goes public. Triple H then gets uh, the, the reins as the head of talent relations on top of two weeks before Vince gets uh, ousted as the CEO. You have the announcement that that uh, WWE is looking at going back to TV 14. This is all just too coincidental that it all happens at once. I think that they all saw this coming. They'll, maybe they'll never reveal this. I hope in a future documentary when it's safe and, and, and you don't have to worry about legal ramifications or public backlash that there is a documentary done on this. I really hope that people are, are right now smart enough to get as much footage as possible with maybe Vince and, and maybe have doing interviews. And I know it may be too, too, it may be too soon, but right now somebody has to be somewhere. A&E or WWE themselves has to be thinking about putting a documentary together on this um, because it's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch it. Maybe in a few years, whenever it's actually released, but I don't know who knows that that's going to happen, but no, this is not coincidence. It can't be because it's triple H right now. You, you can't tell me that Vince, Leaving Triple H being put into power at the head, as the head of creative, on top of the the way that they're going to uh, do creative is going to change. But that was announced before Triple H was put in. It just it's too coincidental. Um, do you think it's coincidence, or do you think maybe you're of the belief it is coincidence? No, not at all. I'm right with you because there's just part of my language that have that has <laughs> gone down over the last two months or so from tr- Stephanie taking a leave of absence to all these, you know, sexual like misconduct allegations to him stepping down temporarily to Triple H, you know, slowly but surely getting more and more power. Then the TV 14 stuff comes out. It seems like there has been a storm brewing for about two months and certain things have leaked here and there along the way to suggest that a major shift is coming into the way we see WWE on television. And like you said, is it going to be overnight? Like, are we going to turn on the TV, uh, you know, tonight at eight, eight o'clock 
and it's going to be, you know, ruthless aggression all over again or Austin driving out a beer truck? Of course not. Like, we're not going to, you know, rewind 20, 25 years. But at the same time, do I think that Triple H is going to maybe bring some more realistic storytelling to the the, uh, television set? Do I think that maybe he's going to be able to be more tuned in to what fans want creatively because he is only solely focusing on the talent and the creative? I, I do think so. I think that needs to be said as well is that now, you know, you have two people doing the job that Vince was doing. You have Stephanie taking over the, his responsibilities on the business side of things. And you have Triple H taking over his responsibilities on the creative side of things. And to think that a guy in his 70s had been doing all the creative and being the chair, um, the chairman and the CEO is crazy to me. And maybe that's why over the last decade or so, people have co- have complained and had such negative things to say about uh, Vince McMahon when they would have meetings with him. How they said that maybe they would go into his office and he wouldn't even be paying attention. Well, I would be stressed out having all that responsibility. And I'm 28. Imagine being, you know, a 75 year old man. And now even especially on the business side of things, you have Nick Khan as a co-CEO with Stephanie McMahon. Obviously, she's a bit higher because she's also the chairwoman. But I think the fact that they're going to be able to break up a lot of the responsibilities that he had are going to aid the television product. Because now you have Triple H there who is solely on the side of creative and talent relations because he has no real role in terms of uh, business, right? At least at this juncture. Not that I'm aware of. Like nothing in terms of the board director directors or stuff like that. So you're going to have a guy who is arguably a top five superstar in the history of the wrestling business, arguably the best heel in the history of the wrestling business. Now he's going to devote all of his time into improving the product on screen and into making sure that the talent is happy. And for all the people that have left over the years, specifically, I remember the revival talking about this. It really did seem that people and the talent and the wrestlers like working with Triple H. But the problem was that many times his hands were tied with Vince McMahon. And now I'm really curious to see how A, he's going to deal with all the talent and B, how he's going to turn this creative around. Because we saw what he did with NXT. It was tangible evidence that it worked there. I never watched NXT just because I simply don't have the time. But by all accounts, it was an amazing product back in 15, 16, 17. So I wonder now, especially if they broaden the horizons and make it TV 14, what he can do on Raw and SmackDown. I'm excited to see what he can do. And, you know, who knows when TV 14 is coming? You know, I, I, I would imagine I would hope that they would announce this at SummerSlam and you put a video package together or something just to when you have the most eyeballs on your product. Why would you not, you know, just put a two minute thing together of, OK, uh, you know, here's TV 14. It's going to be uh, debuting uh, September 1st, maybe Labor Day. I don't know, something around around that time or maybe that next Monday night. Who knows? But I, I would hope they make an announcement and don't, don't just like only make the change with the little the uh the actual label in the top left corner oh it's tv 14 make a big deal about it they should make a big deal about it because i think that's going to make and bring fans back they shouldn't do it quietly it should be something announced uh, shouting from the rooftops i i would hope and so uh but 
Yeah, with with Triple H now in charge of creative, assuming all these reports are are accurate, and I'll take them at face value, like I said, I think it's true that Triple H in charge of talent and, and, and or in creative is very positive for the talent. I'm sure from a morale standpoint, that is a huge morale boost for most. I'm sure some aren't really particularly friendly with Triple H, as in every organization. You're not going to love every person in management that you have. But if Vince McMahon was the bottleneck, if Vince McMahon was the reason that a lot of good creative ideas didn't come through then you no longer have that bottleneck because the final say would go through stephanie who you'd imagine would be in alignment with triple h in his final say so vince mcmahon is no longer a factor in that final decision of putting out a storyline maybe vince wouldn't have or pushing somebody that vince wouldn't have or whatever maybe the days of pushing somebody like roman reigns as a babyface for seven years out of spite in the fans is gone Maybe they're actually going to be a little bit more receptive to what the fans want and not just try to outsmart them and make them want something that they didn't know they wanted. But that's not always the case. So I'm really excited to see what the next 6 to 12 months will bring. I know people want instant change. You're not going to see instant change, like we said. So this is going to be a really fun next year to really, this time next year, go, huh, remember when Triple H took over? Look at all the stuff that's changed. What do you think this means for AEW? Do you think that they should be scared at all? I think that, well, if I was AEW, while they are not TV for, while WWE is still TV PG, I would do the best I can. To me, it would be like a ticking clock. Not that the company's in danger of, of completely collapsing, but I would say one of the biggest things that differentiated them from WWE, obviously, is the roster, the faces on the roster, but... The, the, the rating, the WWE was looked at as a soft, PG, family-friendly friendly kumbaya product for the last 14 years. And AEW, which a lot of fans gravitated to, were the ones that maybe fell off of wrestling during the after the Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression Era left. And you had, you know, the, the big stars of yesteryear retired. And it was 2008 non-PG. A lot of them maybe came back to wrestling because AEW offered a great alternative of more of that blood and guts that people love, the violence, some some of the violence that people love, the swearing, kind of that more of the feeling of anything could truly happen. WWE is the complete opposite. They tell us that message, anything could happen, but you know that's not the case at all. You don't feel that way anyway. So AEW should be a little concerned and use the time they have while they still have that that differentiation of them being a more edgy product and WWE is not. Who knows when that switch is going to happen, but should they be worried? I mean, it's something to take note of. Anybody that downplays that in AEW is fooling themselves because that was one of the major differences of AEW and WWE is the fact that they had a much more edgy product where WWE was soft, uh, quote unquote. So, yeah, I'd be I, I would be sitting in these meetings if I were part of the corporate team or the board or however their management structure is set up. I would be voicing my opinion of like, okay, WWE is going to go TV 14 on this date. How else can we make sure we're different than WWE? What else can we do creatively or production wise that isn't that we don't feel like WWE light? Like we are, we differentiate ourselves from WWE in these specific ways. And now TV 14 is no longer going to be one of those ways. What can we do? So hopefully they're having meetings and figuring that out. Well, because my theory is that AEW only got off the ground because they were able to draw talent because of overbearing creative and the restrictions of a PG environment. Now, if you have Triple H, who is going to, you know, theoretically open up creative 
and try and give a bit more of a, let's say, not Lucy environment, but let's say a better relationship with talent. Trust talent more like he did in NXT because he was one of those talents back in the height of the wrestling industry. And let's say that you could now expand the creative, the creative in a TV 14 environment. Are they going to be able to draw a lot of those guys back to WWE? Like I would bet, and this was Vince or no Vince. I think eventually Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson will make his way back to WWE because it was such an amicable divorce. And I think he is just such a wrestling nut that he wanted to see what he could do in another, on another platform. I would be really curious to see what a John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose does now. Does he maybe give WWE another kick at the can because you have Triple H back in cho- or now in charge and more creative freedom, a TV 14 environment? We know that John Moxley loves his blood and guts. Do we see maybe Chris Jericho make his way back? Obviously, he's one of the biggest legends of the Attitude and Ruthless Aggression era. You know, I see look at a guy like uh, Claudio Castagnoli, a.k.a. Cesaro, who just won the ROH championship. I think that he was a big Triple H guy. Is he someone that migrates back to WWE eventually when they see tangible change in the product and maybe the relationship between management and talent? And those are things that I'm thinking about here that like, and again, you're right. You said it on your breaking news show, I believe on Friday or Saturday, that this isn't something that's going to change overnight. And Vince wasn't like the sole thing holding WWE back. Of course not. But I think that it's more so just Triple H being in charge of creative and the TV 14. If it is all true that we've heard about how much people liked working with Triple H and how good he did at NXT, couple that with it going to TV 14 and all the resources WWE has at at its disposal. Like, let's not kid ourselves. When push comes to shove. WWE has so many more resources than AEW and you know the production level is second to none you know AEW cannot match the production level of WWE it's WWE's strong suit so I'm thinking it's like if Triple H truly does change the way talent is treated and gives them more creative freedoms and opens things up under the confines of TV 14 are a lot of the formerly disgruntled talent who left WWE going to migrate back and then just further push WWE even more forward under the Triple H regime. Yeah, look, they <laughs> that's a, that's a good point that we may not be thinking about is that okay, Vince is gone. There's there's good and bad with that. You could you could talk about that for hours, but with Triple H assuming the role now of talent relations and creative and Stephanie is, yeah, she may be similar in Vince to some ways, but she's not Vince and she has things that she would do that Vince wouldn't. And, and she's not in creative. Yes, exactly. And so now she would, I don't know what the structure is. If, if maybe Stephanie would still want to sign off, I'd imagine on major storylines, or maybe she says triple H or she says, Paul, uh, you know, I trust whatever that you're going to do. Uh, if you want my input, I'll give it to you. If not, you know, then I, you know, no worries. But I don't know if Stephanie is and Triple H want the dynamic to be everything run through Stephanie or not. Maybe she just says, Triple H, you take care of it all and, and that's it. Well, you know, we'll maybe we'll find out as we go. But yeah, that's the one point that I don't think I've heard before is, OK, Triple H 
and Stephanie could completely change the culture of WWE, where we've heard so many people come out of WWE, do podcasts with Jericho or others, and they just rip it apart as if, you know, uh, now not the entire time, but the big problems they have are the culture. People are scared for their jobs. They they can't go out and on a branch and do something creative that they want to for fear of losing their jobs. That's not a great environment to be in. That's a toxic environment. It's a stressful environment. It drives people away from doing their best and want to really not be there. And that's why it was a lot of talent were attracted to AEW because it it was much more talent driven you had much more of a say in what you wanted to do creatively where WWE was just like hey here's what you're doing and if you don't like it you know too bad do the best you can with it or you know you can go somewhere else and maybe Triple H and, and Stephanie change that and if they do and it, it's proven over you know many months not just right now but if it's proven over many months and you have AEW talent go huh Wow, well, um, now we truly have another place to go. We could go back to WWE, where right now it's viewed mostly outside of Cody Rhodes as a one-way street. People get let go from WWE, they go to AEW. Outside of Cody Rhodes, I can't think of another major talent that's coming back to WWE from AEW. So I think it creates a two-way street instead of just this constant feed of let go talent to AEW. So uh, that's a good point. And again, the culture, just the general feeling about management, which I'm sure the talent and everybody else is thinking the same thing and, and trying to figure out how this is going to run. How are they going to run the organization? Is it going to be Vince 2.0? Are they actually going to you know, uh, be much more approachable? You know, what's it going to be like? And so I think they're having the same concerns, but it does open up that possibility. And it's a much more fun possibility of instead of always thinking what WWE talent's going to show up in AEW at this pay-per-view or that pay-per-view, you could be thinking, okay, wow, it's SummerSlam or it's WrestleMania. Can anyone debut from AEW? You know, I think MJF, to me, I, I know I'm going a little off track here, but MJF going to WWE, I need to see that. I need to see MJF in WWE, and his contract is up in 2024. But uh, anyway, so I think it is much more attractive to go the other way now, where otherwise and previously it wouldn't have been. Well, you have to assume that, right? Because it all seems that the common denominator when people would leave is because they were upset with the creative restrictions. And, you know, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley was kind of a microcosm of that as a guy who really was pushed as one of the main guys in WWE for, what, five, six years and left because he couldn't do what he wanted. And I don't think like forgive me if I'm wrong, like maybe aside from CM Punk back in 2013, was there anyone who left directly related because of Triple H? I don't just because of Triple H. I mean, Punk is the only one that comes to mind in the last like 10 years. And yeah. it, it it seems like that was kind of an anomaly. Like, I remember the Revival talking about how much they liked working under Triple H and NXT and how they went to him a lot in the later part of their careers in WWE to try and right the ship. But I obviously it's not going to be like, you know, they woke up today, saw tri- Triple H's head of creative and they're all going to start begging WWE to take them back. It's going to take some time of building goodwill and actually showing that there is tangible change going on in the company and maybe give them reasons as to why they should consider going back. But I just look at everything and I'm saying, like, obviously they have to go back to TV 14. That would be a massive step. And Triple H has to do what he did in NXT. But if all these things fall in place, I don't know. Maybe they have something here. And it seems like for the first time in forever that we're really going to have a split divide on the business side of things and the creative side of things. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing here. Forget that you have, you know, 
Triple H and Stephanie at the helm on either side, but it feels like Triple H won't be middling on the business side and vice versa for Stephanie on the creative side, and therefore they can each concentrate on their own responsibilities. Like, I don't think we talked about enough how crazy it was that Vince was the chairman CEO on the business side while simultaneously being the head of creative. And I remember back in, I believe it was 2019 when we first started doing this show, they hired Paul Heyman as the executive director of Raw and Bischoff as the executive director of SmackDown. And I remember thinking when that announcement came out, like, okay, here it is. This is the beginning of Vince May starting to give up creative control. And then in the fine print, it said both of them will report directly to Vince McMahon. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, well, there you go. And nothing's going to change. And then within, I believe, six or eight months, both of them had been replaced by Bruce Pritchard, who I believe continues to serve as the executive director of both Raw and SmackDown, one of the biggest Vince McMahon disciples. So obviously nothing changed. But now assuming that Bruce Pritchard has to report to Triple H and that Triple H will have a more hands-on role in creative and he's not going to have to be simultaneously concentrating on what's going on on the, on the business side of things, I really think that there's a big opportunity here for the product to improve immensely and in turn attracting a lot of former disgruntled ta- talent back to the company. It opens up a lot of doors. Uh, it does. and it, But I think that you and I, the theme here is patience and it's time. And it's not even smart from a business standpoint. Like even if they had the greatest ideas of how to change this and that in production and announcers and graphics and song music, even if they had the best ideas – It is just not smart from a business standpoint to implement them all at once. Radical change. Bad, bad overall uh, way to implement anything. Generally speaking, that's just not how you want to do it. Even though fans who have no patience want to see immediate radical change, sometimes just for change sake. And that's a first of all, that's bad to change something just to change something because you like change of it in and of itself is a bad way to run a business. So they're not I don't think they're going to do that. They're not stupid. They know that they're going to probably do baby steps. And they should. That's a smart way to work out the kinks. It's a great way to just send the message to fans. Okay, we, we hear you. Let's change this little thing. Let's add this. Let's take this away. Like, that's the way you do change. Unless for some reason, some crazy reason, you need to do radical things in, in, an, in an unlikely scenario. But most of this, I think, whatever the ideas they have is are going to implement, implement it slow. The other thing I'll say... Uh, is that with NXT talent, how many times have we heard with NXT talent coming up to the main roster, how many times have they just either gotten the, the boot back to NXT or they've just been let go or they poorly implemented them from NXT to WWE's quote unquote main roster? I don't think you're going to see that a lot now if Triple H is in charge of that of that particular process because Triple H is the one who's going to be running running NXT. You don't have Vince McMahon who's going to Vince McMahonize them or quote unquote fix them up to the main roster. Where Vince likes to change some things that NXT made them in their entrance or their music or their promo, he'd have to put his fingerprint on it. Well, you're not going to have that. It should be a much more seamless integration from NXT to the, the to Raw or SmackDown. Because Triple H is the one who's going to help them develop their character down there and then bring them up to the main roster in a way that makes them feel organic, makes them feel much more comfortable in the main roster. They're not changing who they are. They're not trying to do something that Vince wants that for some reason he thinks is a better idea. That, I think, is going to be also a big thing where it's not just this jarring transition and Vince has to change this and this and this to put his stamp of approval or fingerprint on it. So that's the other thing, too, is NXT talent coming up should be better. So before we wrap it up here, I have a non-Vince McMahon Triple H creative question for you that I've been thinking about for a while, especially now that Triple H is head of creative. 
Do you think Gunther could be the guy to dethrone Roman Reigns? In the short term, well, I wouldn't hate it. Um, it depends on – see, that's the thing. Until I see what Triple H's creative mind is like on the main roster, it's hard for me to make that assumption. I've seen some of the things he's done in NXT – logical makes sense easy to understand not convoluted storylines i i would i could see where he'd be building gunther for that the problem is that gunther's a heel and for wwe to go from heel to heel i think would really piss off fans not in a good way just like kind of in an eye-rolling way like here we go again another long-term heel champion it has to be a babyface, even though Gunther and really theory both fit the mold and all the check boxes you'd want of somebody to beat roman they're young they're, they've got a lot of potential. They're both, uh, or at least Theory, I think, is really good on the mic. Gunther's got an amazing look. They're, they're again, they're 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 at the point in their career where they could use that victory to springboard them and bring it up in every promo of him. You know, that being the person to dethrone Roman Reigns, and all of that is true. But the problem is their heels, and that's a huge problem. And I, I think Gunther, as a babyface, is is laughable at this point. I wouldn't change him at all right now. So no. Do I think Gunther Roman Reigns will happen? Yes, but not for him to be the one to beat Roman. Gunther's just on too good of a path, and you don't want heel to heel. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I guess this was all just to say that I think what Gunther's doing is absolutely amazing. Oh, I love it. Uh, he's just great. I love the new ring, the new dimension of his character, beating up Ludwig Kaiser. Mm-hmm. I think that's a even perfect- in a victory this week. Yeah, it's just, and then he makes Kaiser think that he's okay, and then he just chops him right in the chest. Like, yeah. I just think the character development they're doing with uh, Gunther is absolutely amazing. And I guess the last thing I'll say is that, do you think that Roman Reigns' you know, title reign could be pulled earlier now that Vince isn't in charge? Ooh, yeah. I, I'm sure that... I think Triple H respected whatever Vince's plan was. He doesn't have to honor anything. I mean, maybe he'll honor his, you know some of his wishes as he goes forward. Again, we don't know what Vince is doing in terms of communication with Triple H or Stephanie or anybody in, in that matter. And yes, as we said, he still has the major or the majority stake in the company, a shareholder anyway. But that, as you said, doesn't mean that he's creatively involved, just business decisions and that kind of thing. Um, but do I think that he's going to end the Roman Reigns streak early? I'm sure that Triple H would say, hey, Vince, what was your plan? And if Triple H agrees with it, I'm sure maybe he'll stick with it and say, hey, that was a great idea, Vince. Let's stick with it. I think Triple H at this point was going to do what's right for the company, do what's right for the, 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 the fans. And I think he hears the fans more than Vince did. Or if Vince did, he tuned us out sometimes and felt he knew better. But I think Triple H hears us loud and clear that we're just tired of this. It's not something that we're like, wow, this is amazing. I know we're angry, but we're angry at Roman in a good way. No, fans have now gone past that point. It's the point of no return where fans actually want to tune out. They're just sick of it. And they're just when you want to tune out of the product, that's not heel heat, as I've said forever. And so I think Triple H, unlike Vince, may cave or rather rather do a little bit more of what the fans want than Vince would have done in this scenario. So do I think it's going to change the Roman Reigns storyline? I mean, that's hard to tell because we don't know what Vince's original plan is. We don't know. I mean, so I think Triple H will ultimately do what's best for the company, best for the fans, and best creatively. Uh, it's hard for me. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, it's good. You know, the, 
the age-old, you know, coin term of best for business. I assume that that's what he's going to do. It's just that, like, I think that taking the be- at least one of the championships off Roman Reigns mm-hmm. is what's best for business. I think that everyone could agree with that. If you want to keep the universal title on him and keep him, you know, dominating on SmackDown, fine, I could get behind that. But I think that at the very least, you need to take the WWE championship off of him and at least give raw a world champion and at least have a present world champion of all time i think that if i was a betting man i would say that by clash at the castle at least one of those championships will be off of roman reigns because it is the right thing to do from a business perspective i would argue both championships would be but i could at least understand him hanging on to the universal championship yes then that's the last thing i'll say too is i think triple h as i've said there's a solution here even even though I don't know what Vince's plan was, I think Triple H now, in, if he's truly in charge, there's a much higher chance that something like that could happen where you could have your cake and eat it too. You keep Roman's streak going with the Universal Championship so you could still claim and get to the thousand days if you really want to. But at the same time, you bring a championship back to Raw. I don't care. You don't care. I don't think the fans care really about logic or, or, or coherence at this point. As long as they get a championship back to Raw, I think that is 1,000% okay with everyone, even if it's done in a ridiculous, laughable way. I don't care as long as that's the end result. Um, there's ways to do it. Certainly, there. I think they'll be able to. And I think Triple H is much more open to that, given the fact that he knows right now he needs to make a good impression with fans, sponsors, shareholders, by maybe doing something a little bit fan service wise and, and making starting to build that goodwill, you know, so I think that's absolutely something he could do while continuing Roman Reigns' streak until infinity if they want to. But at the same time, having a damn championship that the guys can compete for. I'm sure that the, the wrestlers on Raw are really feeling the same way we are. Like, this is BS. Like, Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins. Like, I mean, they're like, what are we doing? Like, are we, we all going to compete for the United States Championship? Like, what, what are we all doing here? You know, like, they need a top belt to compete for unless the only way I'd say, you know, uh, that that wouldn't make sense is if they are going to no longer do the brand split, which we will know in a couple months, which is typically when they do the draft. So. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting over the next, let's say, I would say between now and next year's WrestleMania is going to be a very interesting path. I'm really curious to see what happens between now and then. And I, I could see Brock Lesnar gone. I mean, I, I the gone, gone, gone. I mean, I know that there was rumors and that never materialized on SmackDown. He ended up showing up and all that. But Brock Lesnar and Vince were very close. I could see where Brock is like, you know, not feeling it and just goes back to his farm and uh, sits there for all eternity. So, um, yeah, I mean, which would suck, but it it would. But at the same time, Brock is very business based. He's all about the money and good for him. I get it. Uh, You know, I'm not hammering him for that. He's in this to make money. He's not doing this for free. But I, I could see that being the result where he's like, yeah, he had much more creative and influence with Vince because they were so close. And maybe Triple H and uh, Brock don't have that relationship. So, so many questions. So many questions. So, uh, all right. Well, this is really fun, I got to say. I will uh, be posting this shortly for everybody to listen to. I, I know that uh, you also posted a recent episode of your retro show, which I'd really recommend everyone check out. The top five WrestleManias, according to Anthony DeMarco. And, uh, guys, he, he did a little fun game where he put the audio of the, the theme song of those WrestleManias before announcing which one was his next in line of uh, from five to one. So if you guys have good memories, I'd really encourage you to play along on that. So uh, did you have anything to say on that uh, that show you did? 
Yeah, well, all I would say is um, that, you know, I preface it by saying that, you know, it was in my lifetime and I my the first WrestleMania I ever watched live was WrestleMania 2000. So everything from 99 before were kind of disqualified for me just because I liked I wanted to evaluate the WrestleManias on how I remember watching it in real time and how I remember it now in retrospect. So, like, it would have been disingenuous to, let's say, review, like, WrestleMania 12, even though it has arguably the best WrestleMania match of all time of Hart versus um, Shawn Michaels. But I didn't watch it in real time, so how could I give that perspective on it? But, yeah, as for the uh, the theme songs of each WrestleMania, I thought that was a pretty cool wrinkle I added. I would just ask you, did you get any or did you miss on any of them? How did it work for you? Yeah, I wasn't – I wasn't. Uh, I didn't do well, I have to say. I mean, I got to <laughs> WrestleMania 21, as I said, but you're uh, – WrestleMania, no, and WrestleMania 19. I did get WrestleMania 19 as your. Uh, I won't tell you which one that was, but uh, <laughs> the other two I I, um, I had problems with, um, or the other three I had problems with. So um, it's a difficult one because as fans, we're like, especially if you're listening to the audio, you're like, I know this, I've heard this. It brings back nostalgia, but then you're like, you're trying to put together what the video looks like in your head. And you're like, you feel so stupid. And you're like, oh, it's WrestleMania, whatever it, you, it was for you. I'm not going to spoil it. And so it, it, it did screw me for three out of the five. Yeah. Yeah. And like we had talked about, there was one particular video package of one of the WrestleMania main events that I think a lot of people don't remember. And uh, I remember thinking back when I was, you know, told, because that one came in num- number five. And I had, uh, I had, let's say, three or four very hotly contested ones to put in at number five. But that video package in the main event of that WrestleMania was something that kind of just put it over the edge for me. Mm-hmm. No, they, I went back and watched that video package. If you guys haven't seen it, my God, uh, as you said in your uh, show, the WrestleMania 23 uh, video package, Shawn Michaels versus John Cena, was just, uh, it, it gives you the chills. It's still so well done. And that's the one thing that I will say about WWE over the years, the entire time I've watched them as a, a you know in my life, is that they have never faltered on their, their ability to video edit or production they've always been like five out of five stars and this is one of those epic ones just like uh you know the austin and uh rock one at wrestlemania 17 my way which is iconic um but yeah so everybody go check that out and that drops every single friday as well and uh, we will be back same time next week as we wrap up whatever the hell happens at SummerSlam <laughs> this weekend which is <laughs> i have a feeling it's going to be an eventful one i know that some people aren't excited we've heard reports of people in wwe who aren't excited about their own product at SummerSlam, but i i think there'll still be enough to talk about with possible returns and and uh, that kind of stuff that could lead to wrestlemania 39 so anthony thanks so much and we'll talk next week yeah man looking forward to it take care <laughs> Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to WWEPodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to Patreon.com slash WWEPodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.